Hello, people of Earth, and maybe beyond. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Adventures in Novus podcast. It's time for a new town to explore. Do all the NPCs sound the same? I call it the Trader's Haven accent. We have socials and stuff. Like and follow. Anyways, enough of that. Let's just get into it with a recap from Travis. When last we met, our heroes, now with 15% more Kimbo, set off after Claire. After she fell into a trance-like state, mentioned her mother and started walking through the woods. After walking for some uh, two hours, a party was set upon by two snakes, a large one that Anders was able to slay in one swing of his sword, and a small cobra-like snake that was tiny, next to impossible to kill, and had deadly venom, that I was able to shrug off after each of the little buggers' repeated bites. So we finally realized that Anders should use his sword instead of try to cover long distances in heavy armor. So we followed Claire deep into the end of it, where we met a swamp hag. Claire screamed mother again and moves to be by her side. A heated battle ensued. The witch almost slew Akimbu with many curses and magics, but he pulled through. Crick, our fearless leader, managed to put the hag to sleep briefly and has capitalized and slew the gruesome woman, thereby releasing Claire from her trance. All right, thank you, Travis. And uh, before we get into the story, let's talk about Travis and Crick because you've both leveled up. And, well, I thought um, you say we're in a relationship. We need to fill out a form. Yeah, that, that too. Um, so first, tell me what's new and exciting about your character. Travis? Yeah. Well, level two. Travis gets to choose a special feat because normally you only get a feat at every uh, odd level. So one, three, and so on. Uh, but because of my ranger class, I get to pick a, a, a feat tree. But the one I went with is uh, archery. I'm going to double down, try to get some shots going. And from that, I get to select a feat from a list that I don't have to worry about prerequisites from. So it's some really cool ones. Um, but I'm taking a feat called Precise Shot. Because of how ineffectual I've been in combat, uh, Travis wants to hit some bitches with some arrows and I no longer suffer a minus four penalty when I shoot into melee combat. Yeah, that's a big one. That is huge. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's 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 what I can get. Yeah, you can attack anything Anders is attacking without suffering a minus four to your hit. Yes, uh, so that's huge for range. Um, other than that, just uh, the, the normal saves increases. Uh, I get, uh, yeah, my, my base attack goes up. It's all that boring stuff. Yep, that's good. So, Crick, what has changed with your character? Crick has become an all-powerful being. <laughs> uh, he's perhaps the most powerful witch in all of the land now that this other hag has been slain, although he wishes he could have learned more from her. Perhaps we can drag her body in and uh, dissect it, and I perhaps can take more of her powers. But mostly, I have gained new spells, um... And best of all, I now have the power to hex. So I will be causing more creatures to fall asleep, I think. Uh, this is unfortunately for poor Crick. Uh, to gain such power, I must inflict great pain upon myself. So this is how it will be. Well, Crick enjoys the, the pain, though, doesn't he? It is not about enjoyment and more about the power of the ancestors. <laughs> okay. So before we continue, we're going to have to roll for their HP. And as is tradition, they're going to roll their HP dice. I'm going to roll mine and we'll take the higher one. Okay, Crick, roll your D6. 
Ooh, a mighty four. I got a two. Ooh. So it feels good not helping you out. Travis, roll yours. Come your on. D10. Come on, Travis. Three. Fuck. Ah, and I rolled a seven. Ooh, so unfortunately, <laughs> I have helped Travis out. Ooh, Excellent job. I don't know why we have this rule. Thank you for being so benevolent, Mr. DM. Oh. Our heroes find themselves a couple hours northwest of Fayhaven on top of a swampy and stinky mound after bravely defeating a grotesque-looking swamp hag. This small area is a stark contrast to the beautiful, lush forest all around it. It is still the tenth of Gazra, and with no force canopy above you in this area, the spring sun is shining brightly upon you. The sun even shines through the vapors coming out of the bog water that surrounds the mound, making sunbeam effects as it hits the gaseous particles. Akimbo and Anders are both soaked from the legs down, with the odd bits of swamp reeds attached to their pants and boots from crossing the bog water surrounding the hag's mound. They are both covered in sweat and blood after their encounter. Crick and Travis, having done their damage from range, are still nice and clean, never having to cross the bog. The group now has to decide their next move. I didn't actually do any damage. <laughs> Claire is still there. The swamp hag's cold heart has stopped beating and Claire has dropped to the ground and you assume she's passed out. She is still lying there. Um, can I do a perception to see if there's any other dangers around before I go tromping in to get Claire there? Yeah. <laughs> Eight. Oh, Eight. nine with a level now. Well, with nine, you don't notice anything out of the ordinary. We need to help the poor less. What is wrong with this girl now? Well, I, I, I start walking towards her. Okay, so you walk towards her. Yeah. We all converge on Claire and we help her out of the muck. She's on the mound, so she's kind of just like not moving on the ground. Okay, uh, heel check. Yeah current state of Claire 21 so 21 she's alive and she's breathing her heart's beating and she appears to just be unconscious as if she's fainted okay does she still have the appearance that she did before with like the long fingernails and yep she does okay we might need to consider restraining her for when she wakes up excellent idea there Anders just in case you know does anyone have anything to tie her up? I have a little rope. Excellent. And then perhaps, uh, Anders, you can carry her. Absolutely. What is this uh, Unless... beautiful creature, though? She must have some items. We, 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 shall, we shall loot her corpse. Yeah, what is this? Uh... So what do you guys do? Do you tie Claire up? Yeah, we're going to tie just, just her hands up in front of her. Maybe her legs, we want to restrain her for her own protection. Maybe she tries to run off in the woods. Uh, she hears another mother calling. <laughs> so you guys start attempting to tie her up, and she slowly starts coming to. And she looks up and sees you three above her with rope. <laughs> easy, lass. Easy. And she just goes, um, um, what? What happened? Ah, good to see you alive and well there, Claire. What what are you doing here now? Do you, do you remember how you got here? No, I just we were we were in Fayhaven and now now I'm here and you guys are tying me up. 
Now, now, Anders, I don't think you need to keep doing that. Uh, right, no, we, we're good. Seems we are speaking to the correct Claire now. I assure you it's only for your own protection. Why? Uh, look around you. Do you recognize that? And I point over at the hag. Oh my god, where are we? And Claire, like, kind of sees her hair fall in front of her face as she looks around and she sees that it's disheveled and she goes, my hair. And then she sees her hand with long fingernails as she reached for her hair and she panics and crawls over to the foul-smelling water and for the first time sees her new reflection. Her face turns distraught and she brings her hands to her face and just starts crying. Now, now, Clary, it's okay. You, you're much more beautiful now than you ever were before. How will anyone accept me like this? I'm a monster. Yes, a beautiful monster. It's okay, much like us. My skin, it's green. Yes, it's beautifully green. And she just starts crying like <laughs> your words have not helped. <laughs> now, now, look on the bright side. At least you uh, can turn some of those nails into cocaine nails. <laughs> party witch That's an edit I think <laughs> yeah, The party witch Okay so Andrews doesn't say that then <laughs> Well I don't think it makes a lot of sense <laughs> Travis Perhaps uh, you should talk to the girl uh, Yeah Okay uh. I'd Like grab Anders and kind of walk, Start walking towards the hag Yeah so you guys can Worry about that stuff Yep uh, hey, Claire. It's, uh, Travington here. What do you want? I just want you to say that, you know, outward appearances, uh, they don't, they don't mean much. Uh, really, it's about the strength inside, and I think we wanted to, you know, meet you and be with you this whole time to try to keep you safe, and, and we could sense that power in you, you know? You don't have to worry about how you look. People are gonna be accepting of you. I mean, people accept us. What do you know? You don't know what it's like to turn into something that you're not. Claire, I might know a little bit more about that than people giving credit for. I can't really tell you right now, I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, the, the truth will find its way out, and let me tell you, I don't want any of these other guys to hear, but I'm not what I appear. Can you just, can you just leave me alone for a while? Yeah, let us know when you're ready to head back. She just kind of like balls up, sits on the ground with like hands around her knees and her face is in her lap. I pull up my water skin, full, full of some water and I, I kind of just put my little cup next to it and I just pour a little cup of water there and just leave it. Okay. And walk away. So Crick and Anders on the mound, you have a dead swamp hag on the ground. This is a beautiful creature, but... I believe we, we need to get its power, and all that remains of its power are its things. What sort of things? Crick, your standards for beauty are uh, quite alarming. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to start rifling through the body? Do you guys want to start looking around the mound? How do you want to approach this? First, the body. So on the witch herself, you find 37 gold. 29 silver, Ooh. a bronze warrior statue, a scroll, a wand, an engraved gold scarab. Next to her is a gold cauldron with alchemical symbols on it. And around the cauldron 
There is a gold candelabra, a silver one, a silver holy symbol, and that is all that's around that area. Much power. Hmm. I have knowledge religion to use on those symbols, I guess. It's a good idea. What do you know of these Anders? Let's roll a d20 um, on that. And I actually want to, while he's kind of taking a look at that, cast Detect Magic to see if there's any of these or anything else that perhaps around this area is magic. All right, first, Anders, we'll have you roll a Knowledge Religion on all the religious symbols that you guys found. 17. So with a 17, you know it to be symbols of the demon lord Mestama, which is a common evil deity that witches worship. Oh, yes, the symbol of Mestama. A, uh, a terrific bloke. You would definitely know this as like an evil symbol of people that you would target for your holy justice. I'm sorry, and that was on all of them, the candelabras, the holy... They were all Mestama. Okay. This uh, bog witch, what is it, swamp? This swamp hag must have been a worshipper of Mastama. I do not know this name, but very interesting. I can assure you it's uh, no one you'd like to invite over for dinner. (laughs) Well, do we think uh, Claire's going to kind of come back with some powers now and stuff? Do you think she would find any of the stuff useful? Oh, this would be very impressive if she were. Secondly, we have a detect magic request. So where are you going to detect for magic? Request denied. Uh, I back up a couple steps and then do the entire mound all at once. So besides the objects I've already talked about, like the wand is definitely magic. And actually just the wand is magic. Scroll perhaps. Oh yeah, the wand and scroll are magic. And you do detect something buried in the mound that is also magic. You sense something there. Okay. Hey, um, Anders, uh, c- come to here. Right. And, and I kind of head over to the spot where it seems to be buried. I, I believe there's some item here. How, how far down was this? Good DM. It's about a foot underneath the... Uh, it's about a foot underneath the mound. I'm calling it right now. It's going to okay, be useless. I, I, actually, I just begin digging out. Do we have a shovel? I don't know. Okay, I, well, I've got, my, I got some claws on my hands. It should be fine. Yeah, and the, and the ground is not, like, super um, firm. Swampy. It's, it's swampy ground, so you're easily digging through the moist soil. And um, it's not long before you come up into something that is hard. Moist and hard. Okay, I think I have found something here. Uh, I, I, I pull it out. What you find is a small wooden box. Right, are we going to uh, inspect this box for yes, any traps? Uh, I, 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 I wish to look at it. Um, it is just a basic wooden box with two hinges on it. There's no lock. Open this box. So there happens to be a trap guarding the hag's booty. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's just two hinges. It's a goddamn Unabomber trap. A puff of green smoke comes out and then suddenly swirls right towards your eyes. It stings terribly for 
You got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Three damage. <laughs> you frantically open and close your eyes, trying to fight off the pain. Tears start streaming down your face, and I'm going to need you to make a will save. Oh my God. 24. Uh, with a 24, <laughs> which is a pretty damn good will save. <laughs> I am very strong in the powers of the mind, I tell you. So you open your eyes and the world slowly starts to disappear, but just for a second. You shake your head and fight it off. Your vision soon recovers. Great, great, great. You okay? Oh, this stings. It stings so much. Oh, I farted. Sorry, I thought you smelled that. It's inappropriate. Gross. What else is in this stupid box? <laughs> <laughs> Inside the wooden box is a sealed jar. The jar is filled with some kind of liquid, and there's an eye with the nerve endings still attached floating around inside of it. It's just a common uh, eye box you'd find in anyone's garden. Regular old eye box, you say. <laughs> um, I wish to do a... Is it spellcraft for this? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be, or... Well, it depends. If this is the magic item, or yes, the or trap perhaps one. just the trap. Uh, I do detect magic on it, again. Yeah, you detect magic, and it's definitely magical. I wish to do spellcraft. Yeah. 20. So 20. With 20, you recognize this to be the Eye of a Cleric. Witches will put it in a jar like this so that they can detect the undead. When an undead creature comes within 100 feet of the jar, the eye darts about as if it's looking around in a panic. It otherwise remains motionless. Oh, very interesting item. I, I, I know of this. He's a eye of cleric. This will be, an, this will be have some use for us, I think, friends. And I'll, I'll kind of close it up and put it away. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I wish to see what this scroll is. All right, roll a spellcraft for the scroll. 30. <laughs> so you know this to be a scroll of Summon Monster 1. And uh, this uh, wand as well. Very, this, this is interesting. 29. <laughs> <laughs> So what you have is a wand of healing with six charges. <gasps> a wand of cure light wounds, perhaps? What you have is a wand of cure light wounds with six charges. Ooh, this is very interesting. This I shall keep for myself for, well, for use on my friends, no doubt. Did somebody say healing? I am quite hurt. Yes, yes, Akimbo. You'll, you'll be just fine, I believe. <laughs> You're an NPC. You think we're going to waste our hard, hard-earned healing? On an NPC. I have a soul. <laughs> That's up for debate. You got half a soul. I respected you once. <laughs> Akimbo, I shall stay beside you just in case. If, you, if needed, I shall use the powers of this wand. Come, everyone. Gather up everything. Everyone, we must get out of here. We must go back. Claire perks up. Not Fayhaven. I can't go back there. Okay, well, I mean, if, Claire, if you're worried about your appearance, <laughs> Trader's Haven is going to be a great place for you because any one of us blend right in. That sounds better. Mm, but does anybody know how to get there from here? 
I know how to bring you. The path is just an hour south. We'll make better time without following Claire. Ah, yes. She was making a poor pace before. We can speed things up. Okay, Akimbo, and I stay next to you just in case anything comes near. I will heal you with the powers of this magic wand. Can you walk under your own strength, Claire? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Right, onward. South, then. Pull out my compass. Fly north. Head south. It's okay. I know the woods well. You just point where I need to go. I'll take the lead. So Akimbo kind of... <laughs> I just kind of want to make fun of him bleeding or whatever, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, Akimbo's a, he's kind of a weird character I made. He's Don't be such a whinger, Akimbo. It's a flesh wound. You're fine. I just Put pressure I on it. Healing. Put pressure on it. Stiff upper lip and all that, you know. <laughs> I will manage. Like I said, if, if any trouble comes, I will I will heal you with this new wand. I don't know if I trust you, but let us go on. What? I'm doing this for Claire. Why don't you trust me? I don't like witches. Oh, somebody's Mr. Judgy. I thought we were friends. I do like gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> so Akimbo leads the way back from the Swamp Hag's Mound in what you assume is the direction of the docks. His sparrow makes the odd appearance here and there, landing on his shoulder for a time before flying off again. The sparrow is maybe doing some reconnaissance, or maybe just coming to say hello. Either way, it's the only time you really see a Kimbo break into a small smile. In my notes, mention blind person. Who's yeah. blind? I know, no one. What? So you continue on, you were going to be blind. <laughs> For good? <laughs> what? A while. Blindness, deafness is a permanent uh, thing until you get it uh, cured, essentially. Jesus but yeah. Christ. I was going to have fun with it. But you took my fun with your 24 will save. I do have a plus seven. <sighs> Next time someone else opened the box. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. You're so dead. Uh, bomb disposal bot to that crick here. <laughs> So you continue on, and it's definitely easier having a Kimbo along to navigate through the forest. Good thing you befriended and impressed him, otherwise this might be a little different. But you guys are kind of dicks to him, too, so. What? He's a dick. I don't think so. <laughs> I, we are hurting too, Akimbo, not just you, okay? I'm kind of your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked you, Travis. <laughs> Once again, he's pointing out plants to avoid walking close to and he avoids certain areas for what seems like no particular reason but he definitely guides you around certain areas and he's kind of taking this zigzaggy path through the dense forest you then reach some small hunting paths and you finally reach the main road that connects Fayhaven to the docks at three rivers once again you're impressed at the size of the new path as you walk towards the docks wagons guarded by guardian soldiers pass in both directions as you make your way to the docks Claire does her best to hide as many of her new features as possible. Her cloak is covering her hair and face, and her hands are tucked inside her sleeves, resembling someone trying to hide from the cold. But it looks odd on a sunny, warm afternoon. You made better time getting out than going in, since you're no longer following Claire's zombie-like pace from before, and by the time you get to the docks, there is still plenty of daylight left. Guards are all about at the docks as well, 
and Akimbo approaches a captain he sees and tells what he's learned about the hags being in the forest. This might bring some light as to why some of the animals have been acting odd. Akimbo also tells of the exact area of the swampy mounds so it can be cleansed later. The captain takes it all in, nods seriously as he hears the news, and after Akimbo is finished, the captain sends a rider on a horse to Fayhaven to deliver the news. Without a word, Akimbo starts preparing a gondola to transport you guys to Trader's Haven. So, what do you guys do? You get in the boat, where do you sit? Claire is already getting in the boat, and she sits to the bow of the boat like before. It's going to be a boat fight, I imagine. <laughs> uh, Akimbo, how long is it to go back to Trader's Haven from here, this direction? It should be about two hours. Mm. We are going with the current this time. Okay. Perhaps perhaps I was a little hasty in my judgments. Um, here. And I touch him with the wand. Your touch feels so super good. <laughs> <laughs> little boy. Oh, sorry. Little stick makes me feel real good. Is that a vibrating wound? And you get max health from it, so nine. Wow. So Akimbo starts to perk up a bit. Some bruises and cuts start to disappear, and he says, "Thank you very much. I feel much better." Glad to hear it. I don't want any trouble, but I remember the last time as we came here. Many crocogators uh, along the way, so just in case. Hopefully there's nothing. And Akimbo, we do appreciate what you're doing. We thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, you're right, I guess. He's one of us, you guys. Come on now. I want to get an Akimbo tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a tramp stamp. I do like tattoos. Uh, pop so into the boat. the boat. Yeah. Yes, 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 certainly. So you all get into the boat, and Akimbo's untying the last rope to the cleat on the dock. While he's doing that, Claire is kind of just staring off the space, and she just starts speaking. I saw into her mind a little bit while she called and controlled me. There are more hags coming. More in various parts of the forest already. I, I can't tell what they're up to. But I know it's not good. They're calling their daughters. It's... It's hard. It feels like a dream. Claire, um... So... You're... You were one of these daughters, yes? I guess so. I never knew, though. I just knew my father. Perhaps our powers are more similar than we first thought. I think we can learn from each other. I don't even know what I am. This is okay. This is what the journey is about. You must learn yourself. Travis, I want you to do a wisdom and a knowledge local at the same time. Okay. Separate rolls or... Yep. Okay. Um, Natural one on the first one, wisdom. So three. And 15 for my... 15. So you do know that there are some strange people that may be able to help Claire understand what she is in Trader's Haven, but this it's on the tip of your tongue. You just can't quite remember who. Claire, I'm going to think hard on it, but I, like I said, there's a lot of varied people in Trader's Haven, and I've been there, and you hear some about some strange people that come through. Well, not strange. Sorry, that's the wrong word, but interesting people, and uh, they may have an answer for you. 
I hope so. So Akimbo finishes untying the boat, and you guys start floating down three rivers. Uh, Claire, where is it that you learned how to do your mirrors magics? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. When I was young, my father taught me before he died. He knew some magics, not a lot though, but he knew that spell really well. Do we know who her father is? No, I, who, who was this man? Who's my father? <laughs> <laughs> well, that solves it. She did mention him on the, on the ride up. Yes. Yeah. He was just a farmer. He just had some small magics that he knew. And that's one of the things that he taught me. He died when I was 15. Does she look much older than 15 now? Claire looks like she is either a teenager or barely 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, Claire. Well, I believe we will find more about find out more about these magics as we go along. Okay. So Claire settles back into her own thoughts, and once again, you're floating on three rivers. This time you're going with the current, and although the current isn't that fast, you notice that it's definitely a faster pace than before. Captain Gondolier Crocodile Fighter Akimbo is lost in his own <laughs> thoughts as well, with the same stern face he always seems to carry while paddling his forcola at the back. So, you're floating down this beautiful river. What are you guys talking about or thinking about as you travel? Right, so uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty tickety-boo. I, I had kind of a good time smashing things and slashing things and ridding evil from the world, so things are starting to feel a bit more... Mm. You look like you've had a little bit more vigour doing some of that last fight with the hag there. You feel a little bit better these days, Anders? Right, and I feel, I feel my powers maybe returning. I, I don't know what that is exactly, because uh, gods aren't real, so... That's been a long time. <laughs> what about you, Crick? Yeah, Crick will sit on the one side by himself cross his legs and kind of hunched over with his cloaks, his robes over around him. He grabs his dagger and begins carving into his hand. <laughs> of course. <laughs> his mask sits just beside facing him. So at any point he can look into the eyes of the mask to contemplate the pain as he digs his dagger into his hand. Yep. He feels as though the ancestors are granting new powers, and he must honor them. Okay, awesome. And Travis. Well, Travis seeing all this is, uh, you know, in awe as always, because he's always eager to learn about what what other kind of cultures are like and what people are like in the world. So he's like, he just watches Crick do this. Um, and he lets some time go by, and no, nobody's really saying much on the trip back. It's been a, been a long day. And uh, Travis also think about Claire and uh, her comment about... Uh, you know, not understanding or people not understanding how you can change a bit. So uh, Travis has some uh, some stuff to get off his chest, so he's going to pipe up to everybody on the boat and he says, Oi, you lot, uh, you know, I feel a good connection with, with, with a lot of you. Yeah, even after these few short days, but you've all had my back and shared your stories of heartbreak and even provided me with some guidance. Is there a few things... Everyone's got to know before we get back to Trader's Haven. 
I, uh, I, this is why I really wanted to exhaust all the possible options uh, before resorting to this. So, well, my tale of woe starts about three years ago. It true fucking story. I was a young lad of about 23. I had moved to Trader's Haven only a few days prior. I left my home after my mom died the year before that. My old man, who wouldn't even let me leave the yard for fear of bandits, wild animals, and even Callum soldiers, forbade me from going. So of course I told him to shove it and set it on my own. I learned very quickly he was very right about the nature of the world outside of my yard. So, I arrive in Trader's Haven, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to do my part, find my adventure. And I got my chance right quick. See, I'm walking down the street, no one's really looking at each other, heads down, lots of grunts, muffled conversations, but you can hear people haggling in the shops and stands scattered everywhere. So, no one really talks to me, but I get a sideways glance here or there. You'd think they'd be used to strangers in a place like this. So I hear a commotion around the next corner and go to investigate. And I see these two hulking guys yelling and chasing a smaller guy running for his life right towards me. He doesn't see me and runs straight into my chest. He stops dead in his tracks and falls backwards like he run into a brick wall. This guy looks up at me in amazement. He goes to say something, sounds like help me, but he doesn't have time to say more as the goons catch up to him. They grab him, easily lift him up by the arms and they say, you little idiot, you think you can get away from the taker? I quickly blurt out, uh, hands off my mate there, fellas. Well, they stop and look back, kind of just peer at me, way from up on high there. One of them says, what, you gonna pay what this little shit owes? I know I shouldn't get involved, but from my mouth I hear, how much does he owe? Twelve silver? They grunt back. I turn out my pockets and I'm just short. No pun intended. I promise to have the rest of them by the morning. They seem to accept that and just toss the guy into a puddle of mud on the side of the road. After they leave, I help him up. Wordlessly, he manages a slight thanks and motions for me to follow him. We take a few turns here and there, and before long, I'm completely lost. Up and down alleys, we come to a dead end. He pulls aside a torn sheet, and there's a hidden entrance behind it. Yeah, we emerge into a large room. It's modest, but cozy. Enough space for us, and maybe a few more. His name is Alfred. But everyone just calls him Alfie. Well, Alfie and I become quick mates. He quickly catches me up to speed on the inner workings of Trader's Haven. See, the whole place is kind of run by the church and the Forsaken, whose leader is known only as the Taker. He offers protection to the locals, and word is, he even has the mayor under his thumb. His protection comes at a price, of course. Cold, hard cash. Me and Alfie watch each other's backs and start to make a bit of a name for ourselves within the organization. We do odd jobs to keep the real bad guys off our back and make a little scratch on the side. Well, we're doing this one job, and we have to get some back payment from a woman on the outskirts of town. She's hard up because of her 13 kids. Says she can barely afford to feed them, let alone pay the tax. We feel sorry for the poor woman, and when we return empty-handed, the fuckers jump us from behind, knock us out cold. I come too, bound and gagged. I'm tied to a tree. It must be somewhere out in the air event. On the ground in front of me, motionless, is uh, Alfie. The goon twins, who I've since learnt are called Thing 1 and Thing 2, they have their eyes fixed on Elfie. One of them draws a blade. My eyes go wide. I'm kicking and screaming against my gag, trying everything I can to get free. I watch helplessly as Thing 2 slowly drives the blade between Elfie's shoulder blades. His eyes open for a brief second, 
and we make eye contact. And he just smiles. And just as quick, I see the life slip out of him. He was the first and only person to ever show me kindness in that town. They turn the gaze towards me. I know the end can't be long now, but I don't flinch. I stare right into their fucking eyes as they stride forward, cocky smiles on their faces. They take turns throwing punches and kicks at my head. I'm probably going to drown in my own blood and teeth before they get to killing me. I feel the end is nigh upon me, but at that very second, the bushes to my right rustle. And would you believe it, true fucking story, a giant dire bear erupts from the woods lets out a deafening roar. Now I swear I will never see two larger men move so quickly again in all my life. The bear turns its attention towards me. I'm barely able to keep conscious. The bear slowly lumbers toward me. All I can make out is the blue glowing eyes this bear has. I black out as I hear a young woman yell out, He's over here! Sometime later I wake and I'm in the back of a cart. I'm uh, looking up, staring at the underside of the canopy. The cart swaying slowly as we move through the trees. A girl's head pops into my view. He's awake, she says to someone I can't see. Someone obviously driving the cart. Her eyes are the same blue as the bear from before. So with much pain and effort, I breathe. Fenora. She smiles at me, touches a finger to her lips to say, don't speak now. And I must have fallen asleep because I wake up and it's nighttime. Now I know right away because I can see the stars. Like all the stars. I look around to, to gather my bearings and I'm on an altar above the fucking trees. <laughs> Fenora's there. She gives me a reassuring touch on my arm without saying a word and backs away. I see this old crone approach. I can't even begin to describe what took place next. Some old magics. I'm plunged into darkness and awake sometime later. In a small shack in a bed. There is a kindly old lady putting her about. Good, good, you're awake, she says. I ask, what happened? She doesn't say anything, just hands me a small mirror. I'm confused, but I take the mirror from her and look into it, expecting to see my bloody, puffy, ugly-ass face. But staring back at me is a completely different person. I touch my face, it's, it's still me. But I, I don't look the same at all. It, it takes a few days of rest before I'm able to leave the woman's hut under my own powers. So she gives me some clothes and some rations and points me back to Trader's Haven. I make my way back to town, just completely in a daze. I walk hazily through the streets to the only place I've ever known. Back to Alfie's old place. I must have spent three or four days there trying to come to grips with what just transpired. And by the fourth day, I'd made up my mind. I was going to use my new look to find the taker, make him pay for what he did to me, to Alfie, and for what he continues to do to Trader's Haven. I started work the next day. started working my way back into the Forsaken, trying to find out every clue I could as to who the taker was and where I could find him. The fucker is elusive, I'll give him that. Every hint or rumour was counteracted by another, even after searching for the last three years, I still couldn't tell you if he was an orc, a human, or a gnome. Word is, he's a fucking dwarf, if you can believe fairy tales. <laughs> I know the identity of Thing 1 and Thing 2, of course, and some of the lieutenants, but that's about it. It's like a shadow network. 
That's a bit about what I'm scared about to go back to Trader's Haven at, but I know there might be some opportunities there to find something, so I'll tell you a little bit more about it when we get there. Travington, I'm so sorry about Alfie. Yeah, me too. Trader's Haven sounds scary. It can be, but you got us with you. What kind of person were you before for you looking much different? I'm just going to say I didn't look human, tell you that. Right, so, that's quite the touching story there, Travis. Um, it sounds like there's been a great injustice that's been brought upon you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it only feels right to say, uh, to offer my, my help in any way that I can to right this injustice. It's what I do, and it's what, what deserves to be done. He's returning the favour, and his, uh, promise to help you out too, remember? Of course, mate. So I guess, because, okay, so here's the paladin thing. Like, would I be like, would I now take an issue the fact that he has a shady past? Like, would that be an Anders thing to be like? No. Well, you should atone for your, you know, like, I don't know. Well, especially as like a uh, tortured, tortured, paladin. tortured paladin. I, I would identify, like, I don't yeah. want to bring, I don't want to judge him. Like, he never said that he, like, Stole from anyone. He said the opposite of that. He like did I didn't some take odd from jobs, the woman. but like there's a woman who couldn't pay, so he just didn't collect. Right. So you're might be a little disgusted that he was in the gang, but you could see like he joins to infiltrate to yeah. Like I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm not. I don't right. take on the bad job. I don't kill people. Cop. Yeah. An undercover cop bad. Right. I say we find this taker. And maybe we do some of our own taking, like maybe some of his fucking limbs, for starters. Maybe that's not quite paladin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tortured paladin. <laughs> He's evil. We can we could grind him to dust. There's so many things I want to do to that man or woman. Well, I don't even know. See, fuck, I don't even know. Anyway, yeah, like I said, I'll tell you more about when we get it close to Trader's Haven. There's a bunch of districts we can kind of go through, uh, but. uh I might be able to use some of my connections within the Forsaken to see if anybody knows anything about this uh, missing lady or any involvement from Callum. This sounds like a dangerous place for us to be, especially if, we, if we're trying to find the princess, but also maybe good leads shall be had there. Yeah, hide amongst the crowd, you know, a bit. I am still stuck, though, Travis. Um, you say you look not human, but you look like small human. Yeah, well, I was always short. I was always a short guy. Not a gnome. Don't worry, Anders. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, don't worry. Never a gnome. I've seen your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do speak gnome, but that's just, I, I learned that from my dad. <laughs> so you changed too. Yeah. Part of it was, uh, at first I thought I was, was cursed, you know, meant to look like a human. Uh, I, I never, never was a fan of humans, you know. But then to look like one, it felt like a curse, and I, I really didn't th- trust myself. I know who I was, right? But then I remembered that inside is always me. At least you're still handsome. I'm a freak. And Crick's just like looking at her, just like smiling, like just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> As a load of cod swallow up there, Claire, you're just fine. Don't worry. I do love the, sh- the the particular green of your skin. It's quite nice. I don't know. I'll never be able to go into Fayhaven again. Not like this. You didn't see anyone looking like me in Fayhaven. 
like look down at my own arms. I <laughs> <laughs> mm. suppose. Maybe in time you'll learn to to use it as its own power, Clay. I hope so. Can you sit next to me, Travington? Yeah. I'll just go and I'll I'll lay back and she can fall asleep on my chest or whatever she needs to do. <laughs> or whatever she needs to do. Just, like, just throw that in there. <laughs> That's what I was imagining. Travis does not have impure thoughts. It's uh, gross. And, and all this too kind of crick, like closes his hand and like a bunch of blood just kind of going all over his arm and he just kind of washes it off into the water and goes back to his business. They put the blood in the water! <laughs> So as you guys have been talking, the river has been winding back and forth. It's beginning wider and shorter. The depth has varied a little bit back and forth as Travis has been telling his story and you guys continue to get closer together. Blood in the water now. I need everyone to provide me a perception check. Thirteen. Twenty-three. 18. So with a 23 and an 18, Travis and Crick hear a large splash in the water to the west. You both look in that direction and you see that there is an arrow perpendicular to the water (laughs) with an effect similar to a shark's fin and it's approaching the boat. Through the clear water, you can clearly see a crocodile approaching. Akimbo right away sees it as well. He says, do not move. Do you guys move? I bloody knew it. That thing's come back. I All right. I think we should listen to Akimbo. Stop your nonsense. What's he going to do? Jump in the water and steer that crocodile away by the arrow like some sort of uh, rudder? You did it before. Well, then he's got an extra handhold, doesn't he? <laughs> Isn't he? Doesn't he? So if you guys don't do anything, the crocodile... We don't do anything. The crocodile gets close and starts swimming parallel with the gondola, barely two feet away. Akimbo places the paddle in the boat, leans over, and grabs the arrow. With a strong and quick yank, he removes the arrow, and the crocodile instantly changes course back to where it would come from. I believe this belongs to you. Akimbo says in kind of a tone that you don't quite know if it's a joke or maybe a little disdain, but he throws the arrow in the direction of Travis. Like nicely, not like at you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Like a> dart. <laughs> oh, natural one. He hit Claire. One hundred and ninety. I love darts. <laughs> Roll a d twenty to see if this arrow's still usable. Because I know you've been counting your arrows like a responsible ranger. Absolutely. Uh, d twenty. Fourteen. Fourteen. So that arrow is still usable. Travis will catch the arrow, and uh, he's going to put it back into his quiver. And as he's doing so, he remembers. He used to have, thinking back to kind of his, uh, his younger days after reminiscing like that, he thinks back to his uh, trapping days with his dad. And uh, he, he pulls out one of his uh, special arrows, this barbed arrow, so it's going to actually stick a little bit better into whatever he can hit, if he hits it, <laughs> which he's proven not effective. So yeah, there's far. a 1 in 20 chance yeah. the arrow's going to hit. So what he wants to do is get one of these barbed arrows out, and he has some, uh, some rope. So you're going to tie one end of the rope onto the back of the arrow, and put that right in his quiver, right against his back, like, so he knows exactly where it is. It's the, 
Like, he, he normally he reaches for his other arrows, and they're all sort of scattered about behind him. But he's going to reach for that one if he ever needs to. And he's going to be able to fire that arrow, hopefully latch it onto something, and that rope will be attached. So I can then grab that and keep it, keep whatever I've got attached onto the rope. Yep, that's no problem. It's uh, If you're doing that in a pinch, there would be certain rolls you would have to do for that. But because you have nothing but time on a boat, you can say... Um, you take 20 to make sure that the rope is tied and the arrow is exactly where you want it to be. And as a ranger, I'm going to give you the fact that you're going to know where one different arrow is in your quiver. So that's no problem and might come in handy. Um, as you're doing that, um, Akimbo actually opens up a little bit. And he says, you guys talk a lot. This is out of character for me. But there are some things I feel you should know that might help about Trader's Haven. Without Trader's Haven, there would not be Guare. And he continues on and gives you basically a free knowledge history on Trader's Haven. Cool. You learn that Trader's Haven is actually the oldest human settlement in the known world. Being so close to so many rivers and a resource-rich forest, it was very attractive to early humans in Novus. Some humans would venture into the forest... And some would do it the right way, and others would do it the wrong way. The ones that did it wrong would fall victim to many dangers the forest holds. But the ones who entered with respect profited greatly, and found ways to go deeper and deeper. It was those humans who eventually found something deep in the forest. Akimbo goes out of his way to be vague on this subject, but it was the birth of their belief in Phrasma. And soon, Fayhaven was established with the help of an ancient green dragon named Nakata. Since then, Gwer has only a minor presence in Trader's Haven, using it as a trade hub like everyone else, and they stay away from all the politics. Um, Travis mentioned a bit of the politics before, but they're basically simple. They have a mayor who is technically in charge, but much of the city is run by a mafia known as the Forsaken, and another large portion is run by the Order of Paladins loyal to Abadar. It's a delicate balance, and even though both factions absolutely despise each other, a civil war would tear the city apart, and neither side wants that. Trader's Haven is known for its unique and wonderful wares found nowhere else in Novus. It's a very much who-you-know kind of town as well. I'm tired of talking now. We are almost there. Thank you for this info. These are should the, be very helpful. And a Kimbo guy never shuts up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed this too. He talks a lot. Bloody chatterbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a Guarian, that was a lot of talk. In the last leg of the journey, another tropical storm happens. This time it only lasts a few minutes, though. But it is accompanied by thunder and lightning, and is enough for the heavy rain to soak everyone. Akimbo doesn't flinch throughout the storm, in nothing but his grass skirt and broken flambard tied to his back. The evening sun quickly returns, and you mostly dry up by the time you reach the docks at Trader's Haven. The docks at Trader's Haven are much larger and spread out than the Fayhaven docks. Well, lady and gentlemen, welcome to Trader's Haven. I pass out pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> Little maps you are here right now. I can't read. There's pictures. This is a map. <laughs> <laughs> what do the lines mean? Oh. Welcome to Trader's Haven. Now, 
the things I want to point out are there's a small Guarian compound that isn't under the Forsaken's influence, as far as I can tell. There's the Church District, which is run by the Church and the Paladins of Abadar. Their knights are the only thing keeping the Taker from assuming complete control. The Central Trading District, the slums, and the middle ground where the Mayor lives, and finally the farmland extending down one bank of the Three Rivers. See, that's why they call it the Three Rivers. <laughs> At Trader's Haven, it splits. The westernmost river, the Adivin River, runs out to the sea for trading, and its floodplains help cultivate the surrounding farmlands. The central river, called Great River, heads south to Great Lake, right around where Claire said she was from. And thirdly, heading southeast is the River of the Fated. The river is guarded, patrolled, and locked down, as it leads right into the heart of Calamian lands. All of this is to say that, with the shady nature of the missing princess, I think, with much trepidation, we could use my contacts here to find out a little bit more about what's going on, and Calyptus did say that the hut might be down in this direction. You have now reached the docks at Trader's Haven. Um, the first dock is that of the Guarian compound, and that is where Akimbo navigates the boat. You can see further down that there are more and more sets of docks. You can see that the next set of docks are the boats that come from the River of the Faded. It is on the docks belonging to the River of the Faded that you see six crucified bodies on posts which are the first thing that anyone coming from that river would see. They are sunburnt and decomposing. Whenever a spy comes from Kalam and they're caught trying to trade here, they are put there. Well, that's a hot, warming greeting, isn't it? it smells like ham. <laughs> past the docks of the River of the Faded, there is the Great River docks, and past that, there is the Adivan River docks. Crows and seabirds are flying around looking for scraps as traders, soldiers, and just people keeping track of things on ledgers are all busying themselves. You don't only see humans everywhere, but you see half-orcs, halflings, gnomes, half-elves, and even the odd elf are visible. You also see many different kinds of boats, from large barges to smaller fishing vessels from different areas of Novus. The River of the Faded also has a large gate built like a bridge across of it where it breaks off from the three rivers. It has a giant portcullis with bars two inches thick dipping into the water. This is, of course, because this river heads in the direction of Calamian territory and it remains heavily guarded with soldiers from Trader's Haven. So only special boats are permitted to cross those gates because there are still like small towns in that direction but it is a long river, and eventually you would get into Kalam territory. It actually goes to... it. That river disappears underneath the desert of the Faded, where the capital city of Kalam, Pepperit, is nestled in. So it's always upon high alert. And Trader's Haven has so many goods and unique things that Kalam always wants a piece. So they're always trying to send like a little sneaky guy in. So the phantom traders from Kalam, they're looking for things that come unique to tra Trader's Haven, like exotic fruits, silks, gems, a drug called cat, sugarcane, chocolate, and carbuncle jam. Even some rare spices. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it. Yeah, had to fit it in there. Yeah. <laughs> so Travis knows that cat K-H-A-T is a drug pushed by the Forsaken. So Akimbo parks his gondola, starts tying the rope to the cleats, 
And you are just outside the Guarian compound to Trader's Haven. So it's not living trees that wall this compound, but definitely tree trunk sized stakes about 20 feet long and pointed at the top with a wooden gate. The gate is open and this compound is actually run by the Tiger Clan. So that it has the Phrasma flag and it has the Tiger Clan flag. They're great. <laughs> okay, so now you guys are in Trader's Haven. What do you want to do? Um, there's about an hour of daylight left or so. Here we are knee deep amongst an army of charlatans and tricksters and knaves. Where do we go from here? Is there any place we can stay in the in the compound here, Kimbo, or is it only for Guarians? We can definitely stay in the Guarian compound if you wish. There is an inn in there. I think that's probably the safest place right now. I think we just need some rest. Kimbo, you're still looking a little sore. I tried to do some good with the healing, but perhaps in the morrow we, we shall feel much better. Yes, perhaps a point or two. Now, Anders, we don't need to necessarily dive into this, no? You want me to get the shakes? Um, you got your back, Anders. That's right. <laughs> You're a good party ranger. <laughs> party rangers in the house tonight. Welcome to the party ranger. <laughs> go, go, party ranger. So after docking the boat and tying it off, um... Akimbo leads you guys into the Guarian district with Claire in tow. The two guards outside the gate nod at Akimbo, and Akimbo nods back. And inside, it's like a basic compound. There are a few things. There's an inn called the Tooth and Claw. There are storage buildings, a small barracks, and um, that's basically it. So you guys go to the inn. Well, there's a barracks and a storage fucking thing. So they would have like a barracks for the Tiger Clan warriors to stay in. Yeah, we got no business there. And there are storage buildings because Guare uses Trader's Haven for trade as well. It's right near the dock, so they can just ship exactly. everything. Exactly. Can't yeah. steal anything, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're all upset by this. <laughs> oh, you just wait until we make an evil campaign where we're rogues and charlatans and Can't wait. <laughs> stealing everything. <laughs> That'll be on the next pod. Maybe if you pay for our Patreon, we'll make an evil campaign. If you make it so I don't have to work a day job anymore, then <laughs> oh, you guys wouldn't even believe the content we provide if you could give us enough money to not work. <laughs> Maybe we'll just go on a bender. I don't know. Excellent. So do you go into the van? Anders starts heading towards the inn before anyone can say anything. All right. Yes, this this is where we should be. Okay. Uh, what time of day is this? Sorry. It was an hour before the sun starts to hit. Yes, yes, most definitely. It's five o'clock somewhere. We should get some dinner in us <laughs> and find a place to rest. Yeah, start to hear the the local gossip. Maybe the Guarians have heard something. Some of the other groups that have come through. Yes, gossip. Let's find gossip and ale. Perhaps we can find some information on the princess. Remember, we must focus. This is why we are here. Okay, so you enter the modest inn. And... Wrestle Wednesday. 
you enter the inn, the modest inn, and um, there is a stuffed tiger that is in an attack mode over a deer. There's also like some tiger skulls around on the walls. It's very tigery. <laughs> um, it's a small inn. It's really only meant to house Guarian guests. So it is only one floor, and there's only about five rooms down a hallway. The soldiers themselves, they obviously don't stay here. They stay in the barracks. So there's about four tables. None of them are occupied, and there's a spot you guys can sit down, grab some extra chairs for Claire and Akimbo, and right away a waiter approaches, and he's clearly not of the Tiger Clan, like, only the warriors are kind of decked out in tattoos and stuff like that. But there's still people who serve each clan. And uh, he's one of them. So he's still he's he's still respected by the clan, but he's not, like, decked out. And he just goes, what do you want? Kimba goes, spice soup. And he goes, here. Looks at Travis. Can I have a beer and a soup? Spice soup, bone soup. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Which one? Oh, uh, how spicy? Medium. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, looks like crick. Yes, uh, some some of this spice soup sounds uh, delightful. Yo. I'll take your finest ale and uh, some of that spicy soup. Mead. Mead, sure, whatever. You, you don't have any ale. Mead. All right, I guess I'm a fancy lad tonight. You did ask for their uh, best stuff. Ale, I asked for their best ale, not their best fancy lad drink. Yeah, I, I, you confuse me sometimes. <laughs> he goes, yo. Claire just goes, uh, bone soup? And then he just, like, scuttles off. That is my favorite waiter. <laughs> right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> He's just chock full of personality, isn't he? <laughs> Much like you, Akimbo. Thank he, you. He is also the whore. <laughs> <laughs> He's a jack of all trades. Yeah. Jack off all trades? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, I was going to say so many dirty things. But <laughs> whatever. We can cut them. Yeah. Um, anyways. So, yeah, the waiter leaves. And uh, you guys are just around the table in this tiger's den. My friends, my my hand is uh, is real. It, it hurts quite a lot. I don't know. Yeah, do you, do you need some help with that? You're the one who cut it earlier. Yes, yes. The ancestors demand sacrifice. That's really gross that you do that. Why? Why do your ancestors need that? It's for the power that they bring. What? What power? The power you use? Yes, this is right. That's a weird sacrifice. I hope my ancestors don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you had anybody talk to you yet? I've only had my mother call. If she was my mother, I hope she wasn't my mother. Your mother who is whoever, you know, took care of you when you were young. I never knew my mother. And that's the one. Debbie Dana, Claire. Nitral did say there was a darkness inside of her. Yeah. So you guys 
probably get the sense that that was her real mother, but Claire's still pretty sad, and uh, she's always been kind of, you know, skittish. So you can imagine after a big change, she is even more skittish. What I want to know is uh, how or why your father got involved with this... Uh, the, what the fuck was it? Bog witch? No, not bog. Beautiful witch. creature. Swamp hag. Beautiful creature. I don't know. He, he never talked to me about it. It is... It is frightful to think about. Well, it sounds like a fortuitous account encounter by a, a simple man stumbling upon a beautiful creature. We all do things in our youth, I suppose. Um, perhaps, uh, Travis, I, I, I could use some of these monies. I wish to purchase some equipment. Yeah, um, sure, how much are you looking for, Crick? Uh, I mean, you're the boss. I'm just holding on to things for you. Yeah, I, I will just take some. Okay. Perhaps, actually, perhaps this is better left for a morning time, but... Yeah, in any case. So just as you guys finish your conversations, the door opens and two members of the Tiger's Clan come in. And one Tiger Clan is like, as a female, she's like rubbing her shoulders. She goes, ooh, witch freaked me out. Ooh, strange lights. And the man's like, yeah, ooh, no like, no like. And they go and they take a seat at another table. Oh, they're talking about witch? Perhaps they found more witches. Yeah. Or hags. There was a network of them, wasn't there? We heard that there might be more. I w I'm going to talk and ask. Uh, feel free or stay, whichever you like. And I'm going to walk over to the table. Okay. I'll and come along. <clears throat> so they've just sat down and they see a half work with a mask and John Travolta hair approaching with a small my, human. My mask is on to my side. It's hooked on. Oh, you're showing your face. For in here? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you're not always wearing the mask. No, it's always with me. But okay. it's not always. Smoking. It's like. Cut that up. It's like. <laughs> it's like you walk into, uh, into someone's house. You take off your hat. Okay. Good to know. Good to know for sure. And this is coming to If you. this is a, a trouble area, I leave it on. But right here, I have with me. It's on. It's attached to my side. All right. So the whole party wants to walk and approach this table. Claire and Akimbo are going to uh, stay behind. And um, you, how do you approach this table? I walk up. Excuse me. Uh, perhaps I buy you a drink. I, I wish to hear more. I hear you speak about witches. Ooh, that just freaks me out. I don't like the witch at all. Yes, uh, which, what witch are you talking about? Everyone knows the witch. The witch of Trader's Haven. Oh, where, where is this witch? Can I roll a knowledge local to see if Travis knows anything about that? Yes, you can do a knowledge local specifically on the witch of Trader's Haven. Ooh, 19. So 19. So you're trying to think before if there was any odd person that you could set up Claire with. Mm -hmm. And you rolled terribly on your wisdom check. So you knew there was someone, but you, you couldn't quite put... Um, it escaped my, my thoughts. Yeah, you couldn't quite put your finger on it. But now that they've mentioned the Witch of Trader's Haven, is you're just kind of like, oh yeah, 
There's totally a witch that lives here in Trader's Haven. You know that she lives just on the outskirts of Trader's Haven, outskirts of the slums, and into the actual Ativan Forest a bit is where she lives. She make great flash of light outside her hut. Totally creepy. Huh. Why is she doing these things? Oh, gross. No one knows. Where Witches are gross. Where are you going to visit her? Oh, God, no. Never visit witch. Witch disgusting. And how you see this flash of light? It was so bright in the direction. We know the direction. We know the area. Which direction is this? Oh, quick, actually, I, I actually remembered something. I couldn't think of it before because, you know, nobody talks about the witch that often, but there is a witch that they're talking about. Lives to the north, just out of Trader's Haven, uh, like through the slums and out towards the, the Edivin there. You have my thanks, uh, fair travelers. Yeah, enjoy your drinks. Yes, uh, being sure, we, we buy you a drink, no problems. Is that all they know? I believe it's. It, we don't need to speak to them about it, but what else do you know about this witch? We just know she's totally creepy. Okay. What kind of candy bars does she give out at Halloween? Raisins. Yeah. This oh. <laughs> is <says> everything. <laughs> Burn the witch. I like raisins. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, what's wrong with raisins? <laughs> Get up, Rosie. Crick the, ri- the, yeah. the witch. <laughs> What's the wrong with raisins? <laughs> we have like the raisins. <laughs> they are my favorite part. We appreciate the drinks. Okay. Have a nice night. Bye now. Cheers. Yeah, and they just kind of salute you. And uh, yeah, you can take your seats back. And as you all retake your seats, the food is arriving. And um, the waiter wordlessly just puts everything down where what you guys ordered. I believe it was just a mead for Travis and Anders. Yep. And he'll give waters to everyone that didn't order a mead. Yes, in the soups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and you get whatever soup you ordered, and he leaves without a word. I start sipping the soup. The soup is actually delicious. Yeah. There's like some uh, spices you might recognize from the Trader's District area, and you know they didn't spare any expense on um, making this soup. This is quite good. Right, delicious it is. Is it just broth, or is it like veggies and stuff? Which one did you order? Spicy. Yeah, the spice soup is like, it's got like some potatoes and uh, some like broccoli and... A little bit of meat. Can you tell that we're hungry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice sweat going for me. It uh, reminds me of a, of a nice mulligatoni back home. Yeah, you're getting that nice medium spice and, where it's not too hot, but you are sweating a bit. And Crick, Crick reaches into his, into his side and pulls out another piece, another scroll, a piece of paper, and starts writing down another word. He's mul- say, say this again. Mulligatoni. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No soup for you. <laughs> so you guys have finished your meal. You've finished your drinks. What is the plan for your evening? The sun is still out. It's probably just about to set. So there's time to do maybe something if you guys want to or take an early night. What do you guys want to do? Friends, I wish to retire for the evening. And I think we should visit this witch tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to see you lot uh, late, a little bit later. I'll be back tonight. I just have to go check in with the 
the, the people I talked about. You're going to be all right, Travis. You oh, yeah. need a hand here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's just a little bar. I just got to check in and let them know that I'm still around, that I haven't skipped town or something, so they're not looking for me. Um, I just didn't want to worry anybody, but I, I just want to go, you know, pop in, give them my, my two cents, and uh, come on back. Right, if you say so. I have some things I need to work on as well tonight, so just in my room. This yes, is cut, fine. Cutting yourself, I'm sure, yes. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> he, like, he, like, holds his hand up, <laughs> and he starts poking it into his hand. Oh, oh. It's, it's, um, it looks like good scar so far. I must make sure ah, that it stays this way. Okay, so Crick is going to retire to our room? Yes, I wish to order rooms. Yep, no problem. And... Anders, you wish to drink some more to retire to a room? Anders finishes his beer. I mean, I suppose, I know Anders shouldn't come in with me, but if he wants to kind of go with me there, hang around outside, and then we can walk back together if you want to. I can show you a bit of Trader's Haven if you wanted to. Right, no, that, that sounds fine by me. I'll finish my beer and I shall accompany Travis. Okay, so the waiter comes for the bill. Crick orders a room. So... You guys are going to have three rooms, or are you all going to cram into one room? Well, plus Claire and... Uh, uh, Claire and Akimbo can take care of themselves. Right, I do not want to be splashed by the blood of that, uh, my... Our compatriot here. <laughs> so you'll want your own our room? companion. Uh, absolutely. So the waiter will come with a bill for three silver and eight copper for the meals, the drinks, and your own rooms. And I scream when I sleep. <laughs> the nightmares Because it's easy to write I give him four silver They never release He hands out his hand And he receives a tip Gives you a nod Appreciates it Akimbo seems to pay Just as much as you guys do Given the idea that He is helping you guys out a bit And maybe also paying for Claire's room Because Claire doesn't pay anything so you pay for all five rooms that are left in the inn. Claire and Akimbo both say they're good nights, and they will take their own rooms, as well as Crick and Travis and Anders. Make sure you leave room number one for Anders. <laughs> so Travis and Anders leave the bar. They open the door, and they got Trader's Haven ahead of them. What's going to happen? Well, if you want to find out, you're just going to have to keep on listening. I was just getting ready to go for a walk. Oh. Oh. Oh, next step. you got to wait a week just like everyone else. time to sleep. Uh, good is, thing yeah. I'm binging all of these, and I'm just going to watch it or listen to it right now. <laughs> oh, I wanted to smash some uh, shady folk in the underbelly of the city. You know? <laughs> well, you're going to have to wait till next week.